Hey, Rarecast listeners, join us for Global Genes Live, a rare patient advocacy unsummit, September 14th to the 25th. This two-week virtual event will feature a variety of interactive and educational events, meetups, workshops, and performances. Whether you're a rare disease veteran or new to the community, we invite you to connect and engage with us and others through interactive activities. To learn more, visit globalgenes.org forward slash live. I'm Daniel Levine, and this is Rarecast. Moore was a reluctant rare disease advocate. It took several years for him to become engaged in the rare disease community after his son Chandler was diagnosed with cystinosis, a rare genetic metabolic disease. Moore, who today is president of the Cystinosis Research Network, can add filmmaker to his credits. Moore tells the story of his son in a full-length documentary, Walk in My Shoes. The film, which is available for free on YouTube, offers a view into the daily life of a boy and his family dealing with a rare disease. We spoke to Moore about his son's rare disease journey, his own emergence as an advocate, and why he made the film Walk in My Shoes. Clint, thanks for joining us. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it. We're going to talk about cystinosis, your son Chandler, and the film Walk in My Shoes, which tells his story. Let's start with the film. How did the film come about? The film came about, it started as just a thought, uh, which um, eventually turned into really a dream of mine to create. And I happened to be at a dinner uh, meeting with some other rare disease colleagues, and I was just um, just kind of talking about it and, and you know, kind of mentioning what I would like to do. And then, um, surprisingly, a couple of weeks later, I received a phone call from one of them asking me if I was, uh, you know, seriously interested and willing to to follow through with this. And I, I assured them that I was. And then they uh, went on to tell me that, you know, they had the the financial capabilities of funding this project and and also had uh, connections with some producers that they could recommend. Um, who they thought would be good for the project. And, and then, you know, that's, that's what really got the wheels turning. What was the, the vision for the film? What were you hoping it would do? Uh, several things, really. One was to, to raise awareness of cystinosis, um, but, uh, but also to raise awareness of rare diseases in general. And, um, and thirdly, uh, to, to tell a story of, of not so much of a sad, sad, uh, rare disease uh, story, but but more of a inspirational uh, story about strength and perseverance. And you know, even though you're dealt this uh, this really uh, bad hand of cards, if that's what you want to call it, um, you 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 still have the ability to be inspiring and uh, and and motivating. And and even though you're just one person. Uh, you have the ability to to really stand up and make a big difference in the world, and that you don't need an army of people behind you to to help you. 
Well, let's talk about your journey with Chandler. When did you learn that Chandler might have a rare condition? And how was he diagnosed? Well, when he was uh, when he was just ten months old, uh, he started showing symptoms of something. We didn't know what it was, uh, and really, his only symptom was just an unquenchable thirst, uh, which led us to uh, to his pediatrician's office. Uh, and she uh, immediately suspected diabetes, but um, after uh, receiving the lab results that, that she ordered, uh, she quickly realized that it was, um, it was not diabetes and that it was something that she was not familiar with nor recognized. So then we got uh, transferred up north, two hours north, to the only children's hospital in Delaware, where we spent the next nine days uh, going through this process of elimination. You know, they, they have all these thoughts and theories, but they have to, to prove them. And, you know, and every day they would, they would prove themselves wrong, you know, keep eliminating certain, certain things. And eventually uh, it got down to um, the, the suspected diagnosis of cystinosis. But, but back at that time, uh, that particular hospital did not have the ability to actually test for the disease. So we had to be transferred to a, uh, a children's hospital in Philadelphia to do a uh, really it was a really a simple lab draw but then it had to be shipped out to san diego and two weeks later we finally got the diagnosis of cystinosis and what were you told about cystinosis at the time yeah uh, we actually were told that it was a chronic disease uh, there were treatments for it uh, and uh, to to take this uh, cocktail of medications every day um, as prescribed and we'll see you in two weeks. Uh, they really didn't give a, a in-depth explanation as to what it was or what to expect. Um, they just they just handed us medications and said, well, we'll see you in two weeks, you know. Um, but of course, uh, as, a, as a concerned, worried parent, the first thing you do is you start looking it up on the internet and, uh, and then there you find uh, this library of uh, of articles and, and publications that have been that have been done from the 1960s and 70s all the way up till today, and uh, yeah, when you're when you're inexperienced with rare disease and you're inexperienced with these publications and the internet in general, you don't really pay attention to when these articles were actually published or by who they were published by, uh, and 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 you find yourself reading stuff from the 1960s that is really outdated. It's really no longer factual uh, today with with the improved uh, treatments and therapies that we have now. So, kind of kind of puts you off on a wrong start, thinking that you know you literally only have a year, maybe two, with your child, uh, when it when in fact these these articles were just really outdated. For people not familiar with the condition, what is cystinosis, and, and how does it manifest itself? Cystinosis is a genetic metabolic lysosomal storage disease that causes an amino acid called cysteine to accumulate in all of your blood cells. Uh, it accumulates to the point that the cysteine will eventually crystallize and destroy that cell. Uh, in, in doing so, it, it damages every organ in your body, uh, typically starts with your kidneys and your eyes, uh, but not always. Um, and and it, it affects everything from your muscles to your uh, every organ in your body, your brain. Uh, swallowing uh, issues can occur. Uh, it, it really affects everything from from head to toe at some point. 
Um, but, but luckily we have, uh, we have some FDA approved therapies to slow that progression. Is there a predictable progression of the condition? Uh, there is, uh, you know, typically you're diagnosed, uh, under the age of two years old. Uh, and then, and then typically you, you reach, uh, end stage kidney failure, uh, usually in your teenage years, which will require a kidney transplant. Um, but, but other than that, uh, there's really no, um, there's really no textbook schedule of, of how events are going to go. Uh, you know, I've, I've, I've seen patients, you know, pass away. Uh, from complications of the disease at a very young age, uh, and I also have uh, patients that I that I speak to regularly that are well into their 50s and approaching 60 years old. So, so it really affects every individual differently. Um, there's there are some similarities, but there's also a lot of differences from patient to patient. You mentioned there are some treatments available uh, in the film. Shanna can be seen injecting medicines into what appears to be a port he has. What treatments exist mm-hmm. and what kind of medical regimen does a patient like Chandler have to go through? Well, to, for, for starters, kidney had, or, well, excuse me, Chandler has something called renal Fanconi syndrome. That is, a, that is, a, that is the, the typical kidney damage that is, is caused by cystinosis. Um, so, so what that means is his kidneys lack the ability to uh, recycle back nutrients that uh, people like me and you or any anybody with healthy kidneys uh, get from food. So, so his kidneys lose a, a vast majority of his nutrients that he gets from food. Uh, he, he just loses them into urine. So, so we have a a large number of supplemental drugs, uh, and, and these are things simple things like like iron, calcium, uh, levocarnitine. Um, bicarbs, you know, f- uh, phosphorus, things like that that we give them uh, every four hours during the day just to supplement what he's losing in, uh, from his kidneys into his urine. That, that just treats, um, uh, I guess, treats the kidney disease part of it. But the actual cystinosis part, there are, uh, there are three uh, FDA-approved therapies. Two of them are an oral drug, and one is an ophthalmic solution. Uh, the ophthalmic solution is just an eye drop that you have to give every hour while awake, uh, and this dissolves the the crystals that build up in his corneas. Um, even though you take an oral medication to deplete the cysteine, uh, very little blood supply actually makes it to your eyes, so therefore very little of the medica- the oral medication makes it to the eye. So you need an ophthalmic solution to to tackle the 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 cornea part. But the, the oral medications, there are, it's, it's basically the same drug, but it's a, it's a different release. One's an immediate release, one's a delayed release. Uh, but, but these oral drugs uh, do nothing other than uh, they give the cysteine that builds up in your blood a transporter out of the blood cell to help lower your cysteine levels. Um, even, even with the drugs, uh, most patients, still have an elevated cysteine level, but it's a much lower level than they would have if they were not on the, on the therapy. And what has the condition meant for Chandler? How has it impacted his daily life? 
you know, as as a kid or, or at at diagnosis, it was it was horrific. Uh, you know, trying to put a ten month old, um, you know, trying to get him to swallow all of these disgusting medications, and you know, doctor visits every two weeks, and and. And, you know, and, and all through the years, he's had, you know, numerous surgeries. Some of them were minor. Others were quite major uh, just to tackle some of the complications that cystinosis has, has brought. But um, when you look at it from a medicinal side, uh, you know, he has to stop whatever he's doing every four hours to take oral medications. He has to stop every hour to take a, an ophthalmic drop. Um, and, and then he, he still had, due to his kidney failure, he still has an, this inquenchable thirst. So he's constantly, you will, you will never see him walking around without water, you know, without a water bottle or something. Um, but, but other than that, he, he typically lives a basically normal life with a few exceptions. He can't, um, he, he's had a lot of bone health issues. So, so he doesn't run exceptionally well. Uh, he, he was never able to participate in things like uh, like contact sports, like football. You know, he, he really wanted to be involved in Pop Warner football, but, you know, his, his doctors just would not allow it due to the, due to the risks of, um, of his kidneys. And, um, but, but for the most part, he, he seems like a normal, healthy child, but, um, you know, but he has this bag full of medications that he has to carry with him. Uh, wherever he goes, and and regardless of what he's doing, he has to stop and take them. But for the most part, he's doing fairly well. You mentioned bone health issues. There's one point during the film where Chandler ends up in two full leg casts because of fractures. Nevertheless, yes. he seems to be upbeat and positive throughout the film. I, I, I don't know if that's the magic of editing, or uh, he, he really seems to be an incredibly well-adjusted kid and, and really rolls with the adversity. Is he always like that? You know, we've been very blessed since, since day one. Chandler was that kid that, uh, he was that toddler that, uh, you know, once he got old enough to actually pull himself up on furniture, when he got tired, he would pull himself up on the couch and just go to sleep. I mean, he didn't fight his sleep. So, we, so we've been very blessed since he was born. But, uh, you know, I, I have noticed over the years, um, especially during the, the really difficult times, like, like in the film where you see where he was in a wheelchair with, with two full leg casts, he, 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 he was uh, a little bit depressed and, and down at times. But um, you know, me and my wife, we, we spent a lot of time right beside him trying to find ways to keep his mind and his hands occupied, you know, just to help pass the time. Um, but, uh, but when, when he doesn't have those major traumas going on in his life, uh, he, he's always been a very, uh, a very uh, happy, smiling, uh, on-the-go type person. Uh, it, it, it's really hard to, to slow him down. And and when he was going through that bone health issue, I, I was probably uh, way more worried about these fractures than he was because if he didn't have any pain in his legs, he was wanting to go outside and play basketball. And, and I was the guy that was like, eh, you know, I don't know if this is a good idea. You know, I'm afraid you're going to put too much, um, uh, you know, uh, pressure or, you know, too much trauma on your legs, jumping up and down. You know, I don't want to risk another fracture. So I was kind of holding him back. And, and he was like, Dad. I'm, I feel great. I, I, I'm tired of being in my room. I'm tired of sitting down. I, I want to go. So, 
um, reluctantly, I said, okay, let's, let's go. And, and I'm not, I'm not going to lie. The entire time we were out there, I was worried, but he was having a ball and, and that's just the way he is. You know, he's, he, he doesn't want to stop. Um, and, and, and he's never really let the disease stop him or slow him down in any way. And, and during those, uh, traumatic times when he didn't have a choice, but, but to sit down and take it easy, he, he did it, but, uh, he was counting down the minutes to where he could get back up and go again. There's one point in the film where you say you feel lucky to be dealing with cystinosis and not some other rare disease out there. It, it seemed a little surprising. Why is that? Uh, several reasons, to be honest. One, um, cystinosis has uh, FDA-approved therapies. Uh, and 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 it did when my son got diagnosed. So so my son didn't have to go through clinical trials to help you know to to help um, find these these treatments. Um, cystinosis has uh, advocacy groups all over the world to to help you get through your tough times. And we and and there was already a ton of uh, literature and resources available when my son got diagnosed. Um, think about all of the rare diseases um, that that don't have those therapies and don't have the advocacy groups. They don't have the funding. They don't have the research. Uh, cystinosis has all that. And 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 let's face it. Um, uh, you know, want to really want to hear it or not? There there are a lot of diseases out there that uh, that causes your child not to see their second, third, or fifth birthday. And and that's not the case with with cystinosis. Um, you know, Chandler's Chandler's life expectancy could be, you know, fifty or sixty years. We we honestly don't know. But uh, you know, there are a lot of diseases out there where that's just not not an option. And um, I, I I feel like I would be really selfish to say, you know, my son has the worst disease on earth because he, you know, in my opinion, he clearly does not. Um, just because of all the hard work from people. You know, way back, way back before my time, back in the 60s and 70s, when they were creating these advocacy groups and raising money and finding researchers and, you know, and pushing these things through the FDA, uh, they, they laid the groundwork all those years ago. And, and instantly when my son was diagnosed, he was able to reap benefits from it. So, so yes, I, I do consider myself lucky to deal with cystinosis and not a lot of the other rare diseases that are out there. One of the things the film in part touches on is your own journey into advocacy. You talk mm -hmm. about that this has meant taking you out of your comfort zone. You live in a rural area where you grew up and you talk about having a, an Oreo cookie size comfort zone. What did it take to push you out of your own comfort self to become engaged in this way? Well, it's kind of a funny story. It's actually a two-part story, but um, the, the Cystinosis Research Network is, is the network that I am part of today. Uh, they, they just happened to host a, a family conference in Washington, D.C. I'm only three hours from D.C. So I told my wife, I said, you know, we, we would be foolish not to attend this conference since it's, you know, nearly in our backyard. So, so we packed up and we drove over um, and, and attended the conference. And and I and and like I said in the film, I, I really just wanted to kind of sneak in, learn a little bit, shake a few hands, and leave. 
just because that was not within my comfort zone at the time. Uh, but when I was there, I, I, I actually saw firsthand what the research network did and, you know, and what they stood for. Um, I, I, I met so many other families that had very, you know, uplifting, inspirational stories that when I returned back home, I, I really felt, um, I, I just really kept feeling this push that I needed to become more involved in some way. But I, I honestly didn't know how to, how to do it or what that would even look like. But uh, eventually, uh, we started getting involved in, in very, very small scale fundraising. I'm talking like $1,000 a year. Uh, to to eventually um, uh, hosting much larger events, you know, 600 people plus events, uh, raising you know 20, 30 thousand uh, dollars per year. Um, so so the the CRN was really what kickstarted me. And then I guess about uh, a, a year and a half or so after I was asked to be on their general uh, board of directors. Uh, the, the, the past president called me up one day and said, Hey, I need a huge favor. Um, and I was like, what do you need? And he's like, I need somebody to fly down to Tampa, Florida and speak at this event. Uh, he said, I normally do it, but I cannot make this event and I cannot find anybody else to go. And he said, will you go in my place? And I was like, Oh no, 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 no. This is way out of my comfort zone. I'm not getting on a plane. I'm not going to go to unknown territory and I'm definitely not going to stand up and speak in front of a crowd of people. And he's like, Clint, you have the ability to do this. You just don't know it. And uh, after a long conversation, I finally hung up telling him that I would think about it and would contact him in a couple of days. My wife immediately took his side and she said, you, you really should go. You should do this. You don't know if you can do it or not until you try. She said, but I know you can do it. So uh, again, reluctantly, I, I uh, with shaking hands and bobbling knees, I climbed on that airplane and flew to Tampa, and and I presented that speech in front of that uh, you know, a pretty small crowd of 75 people, uh, and and I did great, and and I felt really good about myself afterwards. And uh, when I finally got back home after that long weekend, I said, you know what, I I do have this ability to. Uh, to become involved and to to change the world in, in maybe a tiny fraction of a way, but I have that ability and I never knew that I had it until I finally stood up, stepped off of that Oreo cookie and tried. The film has you doing a 57 mile walk. You do this in a 24 hour period on a track as a fundraiser. How did the walk come mm -hmm. up and how long have you been doing it? Uh, the walk came from um, an event that I attended, uh, Rare Disease Week in D.C. every year in February. Uh, I was watching uh, Kyle Bryant's um, documentary called The Ataxian. And when I was sitting in that theater watching this film, uh, I found myself drifting off and, and thinking, what could I do for the systemosis community that would be more on the extreme side, similar to what Kyle Bryant was doing for Friedrich's Ataxia? So, uh, you know, really was just kept drawing a blank. And uh, not long after that, uh, myself and, and, and a handful of my team members from the CRN uh, were working on declaring uh, May the 7th as National Cystinosis Awareness Day. So in an effort to bring more um, attention to the new uh, National Cystinosis Awareness Day, I said, well, you know, why don't, why don't I 
uh, plan a walk and actually walk 57 miles because May the 7th is 5-7. Seven. Um, five, seven is, or 57 is, is uh, a very common number in cystinosis because most causes of cystinosis come from a 57 kb deletion. But without getting too scientific, the, uh, we, we took the 5-7, created um, May the 7th National Cystinosis Awareness Day, and that's where the 57-mile walk came from. Um, the, the walk was designed to, to be extremely monotonous and repetitive and miserable on purpose. Uh, and, and the reason why we, we did it on the school track, the school only has a, a, a quarter mile track. So a quarter mile track, uh, 57 miles, that's 228 laps. That is ridiculous. After a hundred times around that track, you just want to go home. But to show uh, all the other participants and, and anybody that was kind of rooting me on, to show just how monotonous and repetitive cystinosis and, and so many other rare diseases are, that's, that, that was intentionally done. Um, and and, and I, I, I kept telling participants, I said, look, cystinosis patients, um, many of them are very compliant with their medications. They're never late. They never miss a dose. And over time, their bodies still go downhill. And, and I said, we're no exception. We don't have cystinosis, no, but we all trained very, you know, very, very, very hard for this event. And, and regardless of all that training that we did, our bodies are still going downhill. And, and you know, honestly, at 10, 11, 12 o'clock at night, people had enough. They, they tapped out. They said, I can't, I can't go anymore. I don't know how cystinosis or, or rare disease patients do it because I, I'm literally, I'm going crazy walking this track over and over and over and and it was it was all done intentionally but uh the the event turned out to be a huge success you know we we raised a lot of money we had we, we had a ton of awareness that was raised uh unfortunately for this year it's been uh postponed indefinitely due to covid but um hopefully we'll uh you know get past this uh this pandemic and be able to pick it back up again next year well one of the perhaps unintended aspects of the film that I found striking was the contrast between you and Chandler. He, he appears to be genuinely happy. I don't think you smile once in the film until the end credits and some footage where you're playing basketball with Chandler during the last 40 seconds of what's more than an hour and 15 minute film. The, the disease seems to weigh heavier on you than Chandler. Do you, you think that's the case? Uh, yes. Um, but I, I'd also like the ability to explain um, what 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 the viewers of the film don't know is ninety percent of the interviews that are in that documentary, where you're looking at me wearing that gray long sleeve shirt, uh, that was filmed the day after I walked the fifty seven miles. Uh, <laughs> And in all of those shots where I'm wearing that gray shirt, I cannot feel my legs. Um, I am in I am in an enormous amount of pain. Uh, I was popping ibuprofen faithfully every four hours throughout the uh, throughout all of those uh, interviews, uh, just trying to be able to be comfortable enough to sit in that chair. Uh, and I think I honestly I think I sat there for nearly ten hours that day filming interviews. Um, but to answer your question, yes, uh, I, I do think that the, the disease weighs more on me than him. And 
And here's, here's why I think that. Um, Chandler was born with this disease. Um, he has never known a life without uh, tons of medications and doctor visits and, um, you know, lab draws and x-rays and, and all of these things. So, so I, I, I have lived, a, you know, a, a life without all of those things. So, so I know what life is like to not have to watch a clock, to not have to stop and take medications. And um, when, when you're looking at your own child, uh, deal with so many complicated things, uh, and and the future really is is totally unknown. Um, I think it weighs harder on a parent than it does the actual child. Um, the child, uh, and you know, and Chandler's 15 years old today. I really shouldn't be calling him a child, but uh, this this young man has has his life ahead of him, and and that's what he's focused on. Uh, I tend to focus more on. Um, you know, what is the disease going to bring next? Uh, you know, I, I know a lot of the possibilities that, that could come, um, you know, and, and he does too, but, but he doesn't focus on them quite like I do. And, and, and I think a couple of times in the film, I mentioned that, that he is a much stronger person than I am. Uh, and, and that is true on, on so many levels. He, uh, he, he just takes it day by day and, and and I'm the guy that that tends to be thinking, you know, six months or a year down the road and, and already starting to dread the upcoming kidney transplant. Um, but when you talk to him about it, he's like, yeah, you know, I'll deal with it when it gets here. You know, we ain't going tomorrow, are we? And I'm like, no, we're not going tomorrow. He's like, well, then I'll, I'll, I'll worry about it later. You know, he's, he's, he's just that guy. You know, he, he, he's just that he's just that that young man that has that ability to to know that there's things that are coming that is going to be miserable for him, but he just blocks it out until it's time to, you know, cross that bridge. I, I, I think that's an amazing talent to have. And I think I, I think I lack that a little bit. You mentioned that when he was born, you thought about the million things you wanted to teach him. Instead, with the rare disease, you say it's been about what he's taught you. What has Chandler yeah. taught you? Oh geez, you know I I could go on for an hour about this, but he he has taught me um, that it's okay uh, and and perfectly safe to step off that that comfort zone. Um, you know you know Chandler's Chandler and 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 his condition. Uh, well, let, let let me back up. Chandler's condition caused me to want to do one hundred percent of the things that I could do to better his quality of life. And, and by doing so, I had to step off of that, uh, that Oreo sized um, comfort zone. And, and, you know, and, and there's been times where, uh, you know, I've had to really, um, really dig deep and, and, and argue with doctors and, and disagree with doctors because of uh, the research that, that I had done uh, told, was, was telling me that these doctors' opinions were wrong. And I could have just agreed with the doctor and did what he was telling me to do. But, but you know, I, I, I had promised Chandler at a very young life that I would do anything and everything that I could to, to, uh, to ensure the best health that I could give him. And, and surprisingly, many times I had proven the doctors wrong, and, and they actually say, you know what, you're right. You know, we, we shouldn't do that. We should do what, what you're recommending. So, 
you know, he, he's just taught me how to be a better person and uh, a, a much more patient person, a much calmer person. Uh, he's taught me to, um, uh, you know, you know, there's, there's a reason why uh, everyone has two ears and one mouth. Cause I, I, I really think that we should do a lot more listening than talking. Um, but unfortunately a lot of people don't, uh, don't realize that. And they start, you know, they just start flaring off at the mouth. Uh, when really, if you would have just listened, um, it would have made things so much easier. But, you know, Chandler has taught me all of these lessons. And uh, without him, um, I, I honestly don't know where I'd be today. I, I surely would not be part of a rare disease advocacy group traveling the country, creating documentaries, walking 57 miles. That that wasn't me prior to him coming into my life. Clint Moore, president of the Cystinosis Research Network and co-executive producer of the film Walk in My Shoes, which can be found for free on YouTube. Clint, thanks so much for your time today. Thank you so much for having me. I appreciate your time. Thanks for listening. For more information about rare disease and to connect to the rare disease community, go to globalgenes.org. To keep up on the latest news and trends affecting the rare disease community, be sure to visit raredaily.org. You can subscribe to the Rarecast RSS feed through raredaily.org or through SoundCloud, iTunes, Stitcher, or your preferred podcast manager. The Rarecast is produced for Global Genes by the Levine Media Group. You can also find our podcast, The Bio Report, on these popular podcast sites. Our theme music is composed by Jonah Levine and performed by the Jonah Levine Collective. We'd love to hear from you. Drop us a note at danny at levinemediagroup.com.